Welcome to FileMaker Off the Record. You're listening to Thomas and Teresa of Profile Developers, discussing all things FileMaker for developers and power users. Hi, Thomas. How are you this evening? I am doing just fine and dandy. How about yourself? I'm doing well. What are you drinking? <laughs> Uh, I think it's a Mackenzie's Pumpkin Cider. How do you like that? Oh, those are delicious. Yeah. Yes, it's very uh, appropriate for fall. It is. Yes. Because it's fall of 2018. Yes, it is. <laughs> Last I checked. <laughs> well, these things sit out there for a very, very long time. So what have you been working on? Well, one thing that, uh, one of the projects that I've been working on had an interesting, I guess, twist this week. So a bit of advice to all you developers out there, make sure that all stakeholders for any particular project are there at the beginning of the discovery for a project instead of close to the middle. <laughs> Does that really matter? Oh, uh, this particular client uh, had a bunch of phone conferences with some of the players uh, or the, the major users of the system. And then at one point last week, the project manager said, oh yeah, well, uh, we, we really should talk to this other guy, the one who deals with the finances, because he probably wants to see some different information. And I said, okay, great. You know, we can add any, any fields that he will need related to the project, etc. We can add those in, shouldn't be that big of a deal. And then of course, he gets on a conference call and walking through the system with him. And he says, oh, oh, that's great. But I'm going to need <laughs> and proceeds to list off a bunch of new things, uh, some fields and kind of concepts even that uh, no one else had brought up yet, but were necessary for the success of you know this project for him and for him to be able to use it. So, you know, of course, next week, they would like to get the system onto their servers so they can start beta testing it. So we, you know, we have to add a bunch of new things, new workflows, and build out quite a few new things to have this match his needs. We've worked with this client for a long time. However, this project is working with a different team than we've worked with in the past. Mm -hmm. But unlike the other projects that we've we've been working on, this one, they're like, Oh, and we would like to start using this with no testing as soon oh, as yeah. possible. Well, for, for all intents and purposes, I guess in, in their defense slightly, they think of it as an interface to data that is being spit out from a different system. And this is just going to give them a way to work with it a little easier. But yeah, that they aren't thinking it through. And, and if they beta test it, they're going to beta test it and immediately say, oh, well, well, why why can't it do this? And when will it do such and such? And where's the report that I need? And we say, oh, you mean the report that you did not tell us about yet? And did not define in any way, shape, or form? Oh, that report. Sure. Give us a day and we'll make your report for you. And that's another piece that's it's uncommon for this client because they project manage. They, they give us a project manager mm -hmm. who's excellent. Mm -hmm. And... 
just this particular team. Well, right. And, and the project manager, they have no system in place to deal with any of this. So it's completely new. The other projects that we've worked on with them were redesigns right. and a rebuild of an existing solution, which is a completely different beast than coming up with something from scratch when the, the people who are going to use it don't even know what they need yet. So it's a, it's a little bit of a challenge, but we look forward to challenges. <laughs> yeah. But yes, as I said, make sure that you get everybody in the room or on the call early on. Uh, I, I guess the lesson that I should take away from this is to make a point at the beginning of a project to list all of the parties and make sure that they are involved. Because while this is not going to burn anybody, you know, this is not a bad situation. Had this been a bigger solution or a more complex solution and somebody came in late in the game and said, oh, wait, well, you know, we need this whole other piece. You know, that can, actually, that happened with the client last year. (laughs) He said, well, we have these uh, types of, or the, the lab specifications. We have three different lab specifications. That's it. Only three. You have to define the type of the lab specification. And we work on those. And then at the 11th hour, he says, oh, wait, there's one more that I forgot about that we have to have in here. Luckily, the way the system was designed, it was very flexible that it uh, simply created all, all of the list layouts and most of the details. They're all based on the same table. And simply based on the type, the layout would change slightly or some fields would be hidden. So they were alike enough to not be a major pain. But again, you you can't, things are going to happen. Stuff's going to come up. You won't be happy about it. (laughs) But, you know, you can do your best to get as much information in front and as many people in front. So what are we talking about tonight, Thomas? A couple of months ago, we did an episode Mm -hmm. that was... The I think I called it the Google autofill game. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was fun. Since we've gotten um, no feedback on that episode, <laughs> I'm going to assume that people loved it. Oh, that's probably a safe <laughs> assumption. <laughs> so we're going to do it again. Okay. What's the phrase of the evening? Tonight we're going to try Can FileMaker. Okay. And we'll see what comes up. All right. Okay. So what came up? Can FileMaker Pro export to Excel? Well, yes, it can. It really can. Yeah, um, that's one of the... Um, so FileMaker being a wonderful platform all around, one of the things it does best is spit out files in a variety of formats. When I started working with FileMaker 20, Eons 25 ago. years ago or whatever, mm-hmm. that was one of the things that I was like, whenever... We were using it. I was working at a university, mm-hmm. and they said, "Oh, just pick some database and build something." They, you know, one thing that I liked about FileMaker because I I liked the interface right away, but I got to tell my boss at the time the, all the different ways you could export data from it. So mm-hmm. it's I'm like, if this product goes away, mm-hmm. because products came and went very quickly back then. Right. If this product goes away, we can still get the data out of it. Right. Because it it spits data. We can get text. We can get 
we can get the data out as CSVs. We can get the, the data out as XLS. We can, mm-hmm. you know, there's there were several options that were all very useful, very useful, very doable. Yeah, and and, and people, um, especially in offices, love Excel spreadsheets. Oh, they do. They do. Well, you have a person <laughs> who who likes Excel a little too much because for the most part, I mean, uh, people like to view data in Excel because it's it's easy. Excel's uh, great for spreadsheets yeah yeah excel is not a database and it, no. and it gets that's where it gets frustrating right and and that's one of the like one of our mini complaints about table view is that in table view if you expose table view to a customer who doesn't know exactly what they're doing they expect it to act like a spreadsheet and it can't it doesn't they may look the same but they cannot act the same filemaker can export to excel and how easy is it to export to Excel? It's pretty easy. So they added save records. There's there's uh, an option under the file menu for mm-hmm. save, send, as. Mm-hmm. And you can select Excel or PDF. Right. And whenever you select Excel, FileMaker exports whatever it is you're looking at. So the right. layout you're on, it exports all the fields that are on the current layout mm-hmm. and the records from the current file set. One of the most practical uses of that is if you're looking at a report and they want the report to go to Excel so mm-hmm. that they can do whatever they if they want to do some cross tab reporting or something like that, mm-hmm. which you can do in FileMaker mm. <laughs> with some effort. Right. But anyway, if you're looking at a report, you do save as ex- save send as Excel, mm-hmm. then you get an XLSX file with the fields that you're currently looking at. In the order that you're looking at, mm-hmm. with the records that you're looking at. Right. It's, so it's a, it's a more direct or a cleaner way to export than using the straight file export records command. So that's the other way that you can export as Excel mm-hmm. is to use the export command. And whether you whichever one you use, they both give you the options for... They have some Excel options where you can... Fill in the name of the worksheet, the title, the subject, the author, just like Excel lets you do. Mm-hmm. That is metadata for the file. Mm-hmm. But the difference between using the file export records is, uh, well, one of the differences is that you have to define the fields. You have to select which fields. Right. It doesn't say, it, like, when you do that, it will use the context that you're in. And uh, show all of the fields in the column on the left where you pick the fields for the export. It's using your current context and also gives you the ability to switch to any related table. Um, But you have to sit there and double click, you know, or select and hit move (laughs) for everything that you want to include in the export. And based on the sort, you can also group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's the, that's the, that's the, Long and short of it. Long and short of it. Okay. What's next? Can FileMaker open access files? Oh, this is an excellent one. No. No, it can't. (laughs) I've actually never, ever used access. I've never, like, I've never seen it. I've never opened up a file with, I've never had to work with access at all. Because primarily throughout my uh, adult life, I've worked in Mac environments. So in every job that I've had, it's been primarily Mac. And if it wasn't, even if it was Windows, the database 
solutions that they were working on were FileMaker because I was the in-house FileMaker developer. <laughs> so I didn't have to work with Access because there wasn't any. Oh, I envy you that you mm, have not. And I never had to, had to never deal had with to it. Do it. <laughs> I find it unpleasant. Okay. <laughs> so we'll just. We'll so just I leave won't it seek it out for any reason because I mean Access was um, that came bundled with the Microsoft. Yeah, it's part it, of like... Microsoft Office, and Access is is actually pretty integrated with the operating system, which is why there's no Mac version of it. Mm-hmm. At least that's my understanding. Mm-hmm. FileMaker's not. Deeply integrated into the Mac operating system. No, but Bento, it's a, it's Bento was with the iOS. Well, Bento. I know that's different. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll do back a, in the day. We'll do a Bento and do a do a rant. Oh, rant! I never actually used Bento. You're gonna have to expand your horizons at some point. What? Go back 15 years and well, not with Bento, but <laughs> okay. Anyway, so next, can FileMaker send emails? Yes, it can. Yes. There's a couple ways to send emails within FileMaker. Mm-hmm. One way that you're using FileMaker, but you're also using plugins. There's a lot of plugins that can handle the email send. Mm-hmm. Some plugins that can send emails. 360 Works has an email plugin. They have a cloud mail plugin. CNS has SMTP it. Daycons has mail it. Okay. MBS which does everything, of course, sends emails as well as doing everything else. I haven't used any plugins for sending email. So the reason to use a plugin to send an email versus the native send email script step is because you get additional functionality. One feature that used to actually be a big deal to some users Mm -hmm. is the ability to send multiple attachments. Right which FileMaker 17 has now. Another one uh, feature that the Daycons Mailit plugin has is the ability to send a layout as an inline image, which for a product that I had, Mm -hmm. that was critical to that product at the time. Okay. And so what's nice about, oh my gosh, was, so let's say you're doing an invoice Mm -hmm. and you design a lovely invoice using FileMaker's layout tools. Right. So you can send that, you could send that as an email attachment, which is fine. It Mm -hmm. sends it as a PDF, but there's something nice about being able to send it as an inline image. So whenever they open up the email, there is the the invoice and it's nice. It looks great. Mm -hmm. So that's one feature I really, really like. And most of these plugin companies, I only say most because I, I haven't used some of them, so I right. don't have experience with them. But mm-hmm. the plugin companies have been very good with, you know, fixing bugs and updating and, right. you know, adding features. Daycons I've been using for for years and years, and they're very responsive. Mm-hmm. The only other one that, I've, that I have experience with, specifically for email, was uh, 360 Works uh, uh, quite some time ago. Okay. Um, I was doing a project where that's the client already had that plugin. Oh, okay. So I just worked with that. Mm-hmm. Aside from the plugins, there are two ways to send email using the native send email script step. When you select that script step and then double click to get to the properties of that, you can select via email client or using an SMTP server. We have in the past, I used 
uh, it, when I was an in-house developer, that system used the send email, send via email client option. And I am not 100% sure if this is still an issue, but um, uh, in that environment, so we had FileMaker and then they had Outlook on all of the machines and we had an Outlook server. One of the issues that we would run into was a kind of a handoff issue between FileMaker and Outlook. And and FileMaker, in, in a lot of these situations where FileMaker is taking data and then passing it off to another program, whether it's sending an external event or sending an email, like in this case, there is not a lot. FileMaker's not doing a whole lot. It's bundling up this information and then just handing it off and then uh, it's done. And they, we always had these issues where people, uh, what, would, what we would call it was the handshake. So the handshake between FileMaker and Outlook would not let go. So FileMaker would hand the data to Outlook to create a new email and it would put in the recipients and maybe drop in the subject and drop in some predefined text for the body. And the user would sit there and, you know, try to fill out some more of the body. And then they would try to click out of Outlook to do something. They wanted to look something up and they couldn't. Outlook was, because we were in a script, then Outlook wanted to continue and send that email until it could hand it back to FileMaker and then FileMaker would end the script and kind of go on its merry way. That send via email client was always a little problematic in our environment just due to Outlook. I'm not, I don't know if that's still a big issue or not. Um, we tend to use the SMTP server option. And uh, what we also do is in our globals table, we always have a set of it, of the SMTP fields. We very, very rarely will hard code in the SMTP options of the send mail script step, the actual data. We'll have a set of global fields and we just drop those in wherever we're using it throughout the scripts in the system. That's what I tend to do is uh, okay. use the globals. And then in the business settings or, you know, in the script, you can set those globals and kind of go on your merry way. Usually we don't change that very much. We've got one client with a solution that they have. We have two sets of SMTP settings in there because uh, if they are in the building, they need to use one SMTP uh, the the user and login and you know IP information uh, and then if they're outside the building they have a different account that they're supposed to be using so based on where they are then they switch between those SMTP settings Does that make sense yes okay so um so yes FileMaker can send emails yes and when you do you can select for there's people that are not very familiar with FileMaker listen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it lets you set up the regular settings like the server mm -hmm. and the ports and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it also lets you set who the email is to, what, mm -hmm. who the CC, BCC, subject, and body all can mm -hmm. be generated from FileMaker fields. Right. And, um, and another thing, because we actually, just in the last couple months, we had somebody who uh, at one of the meetups 
and we were talking about being able to send an email and they were like, what, really, really? You mean that I would have to, you know, I could just click on uh, somebody's email address and it could send an email? Well, and we said, yeah, sure. And I said, well, wait a minute. I have this report that I usually send to everybody in this list and I have to go through and click on each thing. You know, how would I have to do that? And we said, oh no, you could set up a script that loops through and just, you can be very flexible, you know, generate reports on the fly, have a server-side script that's scheduled, that runs once an hour and looks for new jobs and emails, the appropriate parties, anything you can think about, you can do, as usual, with FileMaker. Right. <laughs> And that, that gets me in trouble. And someone says, oh, can you do this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. FileMaker can do anything. Can it? <laughs> can <laughs> FileMaker <laughs> runtime connect to server? Because that's the next that's one. That's the next one. No. No, it can't. And you have, you have a lot of experience with runtimes because for years you um, had vertical products that were runtimes. That's how you distributed yeah. Your product people. Yeah. Most most of the users, most of the customers would use it as a runtime. Mm -hmm. A number of them would get it and integrate it into their existing FileMaker system or mm -hmm. use their existing FileMaker server. But the vast majority were using it as runtimes. Mm -hmm. But I would get this question every once in a while. They're like, oh, I, you know, we have a FileMaker solution separate from this. This is just running on my machine. But can we connect this to the server? And FileMaker runtimes do not connect to the server. They have not connected to the server since FileMaker 2 or 3. They did connect to the server back then. Okay. For those listeners who don't know what a runtime is, what's a runtime? So a runtime is a... Self-contained. Thank you. A runtime is a self-contained copy of FileMaker Pro that is bound to some files. Right. Or the files are actually bound to the runtime. Right. So the so the engine, the FileMaker engine is included with the layouts. Right. So this everything. lets you this lets you create a FileMaker solution and send it as a runtime bundled to somebody that does not have FileMaker Pro, mm -hmm. but they can open it up and do whatever it is, whatever the solution is designed to do. Right. And they have the ability to read and write data. Mm -hmm. They do not have the ability within the runtime to modify the files to do add fields or layouts or anything like that. But when you create a runtime and you bind the files to the runtime engine, you have the ability to permanently remove admin access. Oh, okay. Which means the files can never be modified structurally. Okay. That's good for things like little kiosks or... Yeah, where you, you certainly don't want the end user to be modifying anything. Mm -hmm. They just... But they need access. They need to be able to use the file by, you know, mm -hmm. either just reading because there's some solutions that that's all it is, is retrieval of data, or to read and write. So that's runtimes, and okay. they do not connect to server. Right. So the next one is, can FileMaker connect to SQL Server? It can connect to SQL databases. Yes. So um, you can create shadow tables in your FileMaker solution that point to SQL tables that can be housed on a SQL Server. So there's a couple steps 
involved in that. You set up your SQL server. Um, you have to create a DSN for every system that needs access to the SQL server. And in FileMaker, when you add your external reference, you use the DSN. So DSN stands for data source name, and that's something that you set up in the system where the data lives. So if the SQL server is sitting on your Windows server on your network, you create a DSN using the ODBC setup on that machine, and you can give it a name, and it's pretty simple to set up. Then from FileMaker, when you create your external reference, you can pick that or put in that DSN and FileMaker then is able to reach across the DSN to select the SQL tables and then create the shadow tables inside FileMaker. FileMaker could essentially be a front end to SQL data or you could push and pull information across very easily. So depending on what it is you're doing with SQL, so in some situations you may just need it as reference because in your business, there's uh, the invoicing system is has SQL as its back end. And so from FileMaker, you want to be able to see those invoices, whether you need to interact with those or not. Uh, you, you can if those permissions are enabled in that system, but it's very easy to set up, I think. Well, you know, it's, there are a bunch of steps, but it's not a terrifying situation. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's yeah. not as bad as it would seem. Right. The first time I heard about it, which was, you know, earlier on in my career, it sounds intimidating. Right. And once you do it, it's like, oh, well, that really wasn't that bad. Right. Because once you set up that gateway to see the other system, um, then it's it, it all comes down to what do you want to be able to do. And shadow tables are not that hard to work with. And no. you can even do things. You can do some cool stuff with them. Right. Yeah. There's some there's some limitations. Yeah. Basically, w one main one is you cannot retrieve an index of a field in mm -hmm. the shadow table. So right. there, so anything requiring an index, there's, you can't do that. You can't create a dynamic value list. You mm -hmm. can't, you know, to, to use type ahead, mm -hmm. you know, th things like that. But you could create uh, summary fields or calculation fields in the shadow table that's referencing data in those other fields, yeah. which is pretty cool. Oh, and another thing, if you are attached to some SQL data, you can then use the execute SQL script step, which reaches across the DSN to access that SQL data and gives you full access to SQL commands. Which is not the execute SQL function. Right. They are, they are different. They are not the same. No. They are different. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next? Can FileMaker import access databases? No. no. <laughs> and that's enough about access. Right. <laughs> Can FileMaker send text messages? So I'm guessing because this is showing up on this list, this must be a relatively common thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think about this. Yeah, we don't. Our, our customers aren't as interested in text messages. Our customer base has a tendency to be all about email. 
They want email notifications. Right. Um, they don't like text as much. But the short answer would be yes. Using a plugin, right? Or is that uh, is it a plugin I or is it a program? You know what? I don't like think an it's external a plugin, program. I think. So because we don't have experience uh, with text messages, we finished the sentence in, in Google, can FileMaker send text messages, and what did we come up with? And we found the product FMSMS, which actually I know has been around for a long time because I've looked at this before. Mm-hmm. So this, uh, this solution, FMSMS, is built by DataBuzz, okay. which is a, a FileMaker company in Australia. Mm-hmm. And it uses a plugin to do some of the magic. Okay. But whenever you get this solution, which you can plug into your current solution, what they give you is fully unlocked. Okay. And you have access to everything. And that gives you the ability to send SMS text messages through FileMaker. We and should check that out. Yeah. We can't <laughs> say a lot more about it because we have not used it. Right. I think it looks promising and it's www.fmsms.com. I can think of a couple people who might, uh, who, who we work with now who have not asked for this, but might be excited to explore the possibilities. Yeah. So one can FileMaker that did not show up is mm-hmm. can FileMaker run on Mojave? <laughs> right. And it, it can, right? I have not updated to Mojave yet. I'm really good at saying, remind me tomorrow, remind me tomorrow, remind me tomorrow about everything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that pops up on my computer monitor. So yeah, I have not updated yet, but you have. I did. And, uh, and FileMaker 17 runs on Mojave. Mm-hmm. There are a couple known bugs. Okay. When you're writing a script, the column of operators that shows does not show the operators. From what I've seen, that's the biggest issue. I, right. I don't I click. Never, we never, yeah, I never click on those. I don't those. click on those anyway. So yeah. it doesn't really affect my development at all. Mm-hmm. Some of the other bugs just have to do with display issues. Mm-hmm. When you're, I think it's when you're in a, de- defining a button. Okay. And the field for the icon size, mm-hmm. at least on my machine, and I'm not using dark mode. This is just regular. I can't read the text in there. Okay. Unless you highlight it. Yeah, or yeah. unhighlight it, I Unhi- think. Yeah. Because I, I have the same, te- since they, since the button properties and uh, a lot of them slider properties, those windows, uh, they have that black background yeah. behind them. It's made things a little bit more difficult to see, I yeah. think, in general. Yeah. There's a few things like that, but I've found developing in 17 on Mojave just fine. Connecting to remote servers that are just on other machines elsewhere mm-hmm. and some that are FileMaker Cloud. Yeah. Uh, and that th- all works well. That all works well. I haven't had any, any trouble at all. Okay. Now, running... FileMaker 16, because I still have some solutions on 14 servers. Right. FileMaker 17 will not connect to a 14 server. So we use FileMaker 16. 16. Right. And I've had all kinds of issues. Oh, really? Yeah. So it can see the server and it can connect to the files, but Mm -hmm. navigating within the file. Now, the layouts that I'm dealing with on the solution I work with most often, Mm -hmm. They're relatively complex layouts, a lot of layers and tabs and sliders mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They do not refresh. They do not, the, the screens just won't redraw really? and show to a customer that has called. They actually thought their data was gone. 
It oh, wasn't. Oh, wow. Yeah. They just, because they couldn't see the text? Because they just, the, um, the list wouldn't come up. One of the list views wouldn't come up. It just oh, wow. wouldn't, it wouldn't draw. Okay. And what I found on mine, well, it will if you wait an hour. <laughs> or well, I'm probably exaggerating a little reasonable. bit there. <laughs> no, but it's still, it's quite problematic. If you're using FileMaker 16, I absolutely would not, not upgrade. Okay. That's um, a little scary. Yeah. I wonder if FileMaker, well, hopefully FileMaker will put out an update for 16. That would be nice. Because, you know, there's probably a fair number of people who have not updated to 17 or who just haven't moved to it. Right. Well, and I guess the other thing, uh, earlier you were talking about runtimes. If anyone out there has a runtime-based solution that is running on an engine younger than 17, they will have that runtime solution will have the same refresh issues, right? Yes. Right. Just as an FYI to anyone who distributes via runtime, even if it's a little utility that you gave out, you know, give out to staff to run something small on the network, they could have problems with it. It might need, you might need to redeploy as a 17 runtime. Yeah. Anything else? Nope, that is all I wanted to talk about today. Excellent. And I talked about it. Yep. I'm going to finish my cider. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll finish mine. Thanks for listening. Who, me? <laughs> for once, sure. I'm glad you listened. Sorry. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Yes, thank you very much. If anybody has any questions or comments, you can drop us a line at offtherecord at profiledevelopers.com on the interwebs. Yes. We hope you're enjoying the content and we will talk at you again uh, soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye-bye.